Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. The sponsor of today's episode of Genealogy Happy Hour is Newspapers.com, the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com is your ultimate resource for discovering your family's history. Explore more than 800 million newspaper pages in their vast collection spanning three centuries. Newspapers.com is your gateway to exploring the past with papers from the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and beyond. Trace your family's journey and uncover the extraordinary tales of your ancestors through newspaper stories, birth and marriage announcements, obituaries, photos, and much more. For listeners of today's show, newspapers.com is extending a discount of 20% off on a Publisher Extra subscription. Just use the code HAPPYHOUR at checkout. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Opened up the uh, wine list. He said, we only have one left. As in, like, if you like, like it, you can't have any more. I'm like, well, we're going to take the one you have left because it's the only <laughs> one you have. So um, it was a uh, Abadia, Abadia, uh, de San Campio, Albarino, 2019. And um, this is the description. It's the white wine has aromas of ripe grapefruit, lemons, and other citrus, accompanied by soft notes of tropical fruit, ripe peach, and delicate aromas of confectioner's custard. Really? Oh my gosh, yes. Perfectly balanced on the palate, the white wine is characteristically vibrant with a lively acidity and a long finish. And it was delicious. Mm -hmm. I would totally get that. You would have gotten a second bottle if they had it. 100% second bottle. But alas, they did not. They did not. Um, But we'll add that to the website. I do like Alperino. I do too. It was super buttery. Um, So that was the the wine. Okay. And uh, So you ready to hear about my breakthrough? I am so ready to hear about this breakthrough. I know everyone is on the edge of their seats at this moment. Well, you know, a lot of times you're, um, you, you, things come up and you're looking for stuff about your ancestor and um, you find things, but you don't know where that information came from. So that's what we're going to talk about today is when you get information, but you don't know where it came from, trying to figure out where it came from. Is this kind of like when you're looking on Ancestry and somebody throws up a picture from member and they show like a yeah. clip from the book exactly right and they don't source Correct. it and you're like what the book is this from exactly what we're talking about okay today. all right all right so please we, tell us okay we thank you we start with um my third great-grandfather he was jacob sappington and he was born on march 20th 1817 in green county pennsylvania he died in june 1902 in indiana and i descend from his daughter eliza jane who was the second oldest of the 12 children he had with his first wife, Mary Butt. 12 kids. 12 kids with the first one. Poor Mary. Mm, I know. Um, but there's a lot known about Jacob's adult life. Um, obviously, he had 12 plus kids, lots of descendants. Um, and he lived and farmed in um, Allen County and Whitley County, Indiana, in uh, northeastern Indiana. 
But prior to um, settling in northern Indiana, at the age of about 18, 19 years old, he was still living in Greene County, Pennsylvania, and he joined up with a group of young men, and they went down to Texas, and they joined the fight for Texas independence in 1836. Was he just looking for an adventure? Exactly right. Yeah. So um, before his faithful service to the Army of the Republic of Texas, he was granted 640 acres of land, which is a square plot or a square mile. He sold that and he returned up north where he lived all the rest of his life. Uh, he did get a pension in the 1870s um, from the state of Texas. And all of that is well documented um, through the, the Texas State Archives. So we know a lot about his adult life. But I didn't know much about his early life in Greene County or even who his parents were. There were no Sappington men uh, enumerated um, in the 19, or excuse me, in the 1820 census, like right, right after he was born. There's no one in Pennsylvania by that last name um, in the 1820 census. Um, and um, in the censuses where he was enumerated, 1850 um, through 1900, he says that, well, in 1880 and 1900 are the only two where it says where your parents are born. He says his parents were born in Vermont in the 1880 census, and then in the 1900 census, he says they were born in New York and Vermont. Um, but there are... Um, no households enumerated anywhere that I could find where around him <clears throat> in Indiana, where maybe some cousins or you know brothers or siblings had moved out to Indiana with him. Just nobody. So don't have any um, family that are attached to him. But then, um, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or so, I ran into, like you said, someone had, I guess, put something on a message board. And then they had attached it to a tree on Ancestry. And it says that it gives you information that we all know about Jacob, but they were also, this person was also looking for information about his parents. And they posted on there that they found out that he had um, two half-sisters by his mother. And from the post, I learned that the mother's surname was possibly Runyon, and that she was married to a man by the surname of Northcraft. But it doesn't give the, the first name for her. It doesn't give the first name for the, Mr. Northcraft. Uh, it also gives the names. Uh, it does give the names of Jacob's two half-sisters. And it mentions a maternal aunt and the aunt's husband, um, who would have been his mother's sister. Um, but the information um, in the post says that one of the half-sisters went to live with this maternal aunt and that her married name her surname was church but that's all the information um that they gave um the information they did say came from a descendant of one of the half sisters husbands but there's no sources <laughs> or anything however however there's a lot in that little blip Correct. there's a lot I of names know. and there you are. know so pull up that whiteboard and get them all on there. Exactly right. So <laughs> I just kind of didn't do a whole lot with that. And then a few years later, um, another ancestry clue appeared. And there was, again, someone has clipped or has a photo of a unsighted obituary for, um, for, um, 
for Jacob, and it says that it's it's a little different than the one that I found on Ancestry on, on um excuse me on newspapers.com. Uh-huh. His obituary is published, and I have that. Okay. But this one is a little different in the photo because it says that in the very beginning it says that um he was born in eighteen uh, nineteen, which is a couple years younger than what he actually when we think his birthday was. Um, but that at the age of nine, he was, quote, on his own resources and from John Crosby at Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, learned the trade of shoemaker. Now, that sentence is not in the obituary that I have. So I said, well, um, and this this information is like copied on every tree that he's on. And um, but the tree that it originally came from has a lot of errors on it. It even has a father who was born 31 years after Jacob was, which huh. is, you know, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> but we're just going to hold on to that little piece of information sure. because, sure. you know, we also have the information from the first post that said that one of his sisters went to live with an aunt. So is these aren't from the same person, though, right? Two different... Correct. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now everybody who's, who's, who has him on their tree, has everybody has copied that and added it to their tree. Gotcha. Both of these things. Yeah. Right. Without researching. They've just thrown it on right. their Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so the other thing that I found was on a GeniaNet community tree that his possible maternal grandfather was a initial C... Last name Runyon. Oh, there's so, that name. So I, there's that name again. Okay. So I said, okay, I need to, let's take what this information and let's just see if we can back it into and link it up to Jacob. Let, let me just pause you there and just yeah. do a little insert. Mm. Um, I've noticed recently, now I've used GeniaNet for a lot of my French um French families right. you know, always use them for that. And now all of a sudden popping up is like every family that I have even here in this in the States. And GeniaNet was, I mean, to me, it was always European. Like I could mm-hmm. do a lot of my European mm-hmm. research, my German and mm-hmm. my French and stuff. I hadn't used it at all for, mm-hmm. but now in my ancestor or my searches, when mm-hmm. I, they pop up the little right, leaves, you know, right. there's always a GeniaNet. Interesting, like, right? Fascinating. I have noticed too that it's right in ancestry that I have not seen that before. Yeah, yep. So I've got some. I got some surnames to go on. Possible two siblings. So my research question is then: who who were the parents of Jacob Sappington? And um, I start with his half sister in the, the two half sisters that were in the um, the first post. And the first half-sister's name was Eliza J. Northcraft. But it also says that she went to live with her aunt, maternal aunt and Aunt Sally. And that Aunt Sally was married to George Church. So that she, and she actually used the surname Church, it said. So uh, it also gave a date of birth of, of 1828 in Greene County, Pennsylvania. And it said that she married um, in um, 1846 a John um, Shakley in Monroe County, Ohio. Now Monroe, Monroe County is, you know, that little that little point that goes up in West Virginia and then you got Pennsylvania on one side and Ohio on the other. Well, you know, Green County's on one side and on um, Monroe's on the other. So they're very close to okay. Green County. Yeah. Um so I looked for a, first I looked for a marriage in Monroe County for this couple and I couldn't find it. Um, it also said that she got married in the home of her sister, Mrs. 
um, James Shaw. The, the sister's name supposedly is Christiana or Christina. And that her half-brother, Jacob Sappington, paid for the wedding. Of course, that's all unsourced. So I went and I looked for Eliza, an Eliza Church or an Eliza Northcraft. She appears on about 250 ancestry trees. (laughs) (laughs) So none of them with a whole lot of documentation, um, but a couple of them, many of them have... Uh, all agree, or decided to agree that her mother's name could be uh, Mary Catherine Runyon or Mary Elizabeth Runyon, and that her father could be, or Mary Engel, and that her father could be Hezekiah Northcraft, an unknown Mr. Northcraft, or an Erasmus Northcraft. And none of these people have any documentation. Sources or documentation. Correct. Right. Correct. <clears throat> so awesome. off I go. So I look for Monroe <laughs> County for the marriage. I can't find the marriage. So that's not, a, we're off to a good start there. Um, I do, I did end up finding her in the 1850 census. She's an Eliza, there's an Eliza J and a John P. Um, Shakley in Monroe County. And then that family moves out to Kansas and then she dies in 1904. Okay. Well, Kansas didn't start, um, collecting death records or death, um, until death records until, I think 1911, maybe. Wait. So, no death record for her. However, she has probably the longest obituary that I have ever seen. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Obituary! And sadly, she does not mention who her parents are. Whoever wrote the obituary does not mention who her parents are. But it does say that she was Eliza Northcraft. Okay. She was born in Greene County, Pennsylvania. The date is the same. And at the age of eight years, she accompanied her uncle George Church to Monroe County, Ohio, and that her um, uncle George and her aunt Sally were as kind parents to her, that she married in 1846 to um, John Shakley, and then they eventually progressed out to um, eventually living in Kansas. Kansas. They lived in Illinois for a while, whatever. So, and it goes on to talk about her kids and, and everything. So... Now I have the source from where a lot of that information came from. It matches. Great. So we're so I'm like, oh, okay. Well, then you know that gives more validity to what was on that little post. So then I, um, so that you know it confirmed the, the names. So then I said, oh, well, let me check my DNA on Ancestry. And so I checked my DNA on Ancestry, and I am a DNA match to one of Eliza's. Through one of Eliza's daughters. Oh, okay. Yep. So the other interesting thing, when I checked the DNA for the name Northcraft, um, I'm also a DNA match to someone who has a Conrad C. Northcraft in their their line too. So now I might have discovered another um, half sibling to mm-hmm. to Jacob. So the very cool thing about that is when I go back. Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, oh, just leave us hanging. Okay, all right. <laughs> so when I, I um, go to the census records, go back to the census records, in, um, I found in Union County, Ohio, in 1850, that there is a Conrad Northcraft, and he's living next door to a James and Christina Shaw. Ah, oh, look at this. 
So now I, I can start putting this family together, and this information does seem to be mm-hmm. to be mm-hmm. credible. Now I have a pro- I do have a problem. I, I, I went to Christina Shaw next, um, and I didn't know if she was a Northcraft or a Sappington or a lot of people, including it looks like one of her children, has her maiden name as McAllister. Oh. And the census records seem to show that she was um, born about um, 1813 in New Jersey or New York. So I'm thinking that she's probably from a, a different marriage because we've got Eliza Jane, who was born. She's a Northcraft and she was born in 1828. But my um, my Jacob Sappington was born about 10 years earlier in in 1818. So his mom. So she was probably married three times. A few marriages. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Correct. Whoever, right, whoever she was. Um, so I'm thinking that, okay, so let me kind of go down the McAllister line a little bit. Um, it's interesting because the Shaws do move back to Greene County, and they're in the 1860 and 1870 census back in Greene County, Pennsylvania. So, of course, by now, my ancestor, Jacob, he's back and living um, a great life up in northern Indiana. So um, I start looking for the name. Okay, what if the, the mother's maiden name, or the mother's name was McAllister? Um, Christine's maiden name was McAllister. And I do um, come across that there is a New Jersey marriage in 1813 for a John McAllister and an Elizabeth, a Mary Elizabeth Runyon. So I think maybe that's my first okay. marriage there. Yeah. So now I have, um, I did look for possible matches on my DNA for the the surname McAllister, and some came up, but I I can't tell if they're, actually one of them I know is for sure, it's my mother's line, and this is my father's line, so it's, you know, just coincidence, but I can't figure out if any of them are actually this line or not, because there's not enough information on the trees to go back and check, so, but it didn't look like there was, so... Okay. I don't know, maybe that, that name is just popping up for, for a different reason. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I can't really um, do anything with the DNA there yet. But I did look for DNA on Runyon, and I had five matches to men with a surname of Runyon. Mm-hmm. They're like fifth to eight cousins. Okay. And um, But none of them have extensive trees, but they do appear to go back to New Jersey. So, But I really couldn't go any farther than that. Um. Going back to the Runyons, then, I checked the 1820 census in Greene County, Pennsylvania. And I told you, I'd already looked for Sappingtons and there weren't any. But there is a Conrad Runyon. Okay. Who's over the age of 45. And he is enumerated right next to an Erasmus Northcraft. Oh, fascinating. He's also over 45. And he's the only, now Erasmus is the only one in that household at the time. And this is 1820. The the Northcraft children were born in 1822. Conrad was born in 1822, and then Eliza Jane was born in 1828. So he could be a possibility as the third the, the Northcraft that maybe he married right after the 1820 census to the mom. Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking at this moment, everyone is on the edge of their seats because <laughs> only people doing family research would be like, "What's gonna happen next? What else are you gonna find?" Correct. Nobody. <laughs> well. And we have a Conrad. Remember, we have a. Con- I just found a Conrad Runyon. She's got a child named Conrad Northcraft, probably named after yeah. her father. Yeah. And the um, the Ginianette 
Tree said it was a C, Runyon as her father. Okay. So, all good there so far. And then I decided, well, let me just check the, the Daughters of the American Revolution, um, the genealogy resource uh, research services, and to see if there's any page, Runyon patriots. And guess what? Kanye Runyon died in Greene County, Pennsylvania in 1835. Wow. He was head service in New Jersey. Okay. But there's only one member who um, has ever claimed uh, descent from him, and it's from a son, Joseph. So that could be possibly the mother's, you know, an uncle to Jacob. Yeah. An uncle to Jacob. So um, I did find uh, a Northcraft will, but it's from Maryland. However, the interesting part about that, it's a Richard Northcraft. He died in 1798. And in the will, he mentions two sons, Hezekiah and Erasmus. Erasmus, he's like, I already gave him whatever he needs. He's not getting any more from me. (laughs) (laughs) Hezekiah is the the favored son in the will. But I'm not sure if that's the connected or not. But, you know, Maryland, it's it's close. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. So in conclusion, um, I went from a few unsighted, undocumented sources to be able to track back and link my ancestor to and confirm this information. So now I know that my Jacob had at least three half-siblings. He had an older McAllister sister, Christina, born about 1813, who married a Shaw. And then he had at least two younger siblings, Conrad Northcraft, possibly born, I mean, possibly named for his um, maternal grandfather, born in 1822, and Eliza Jane Northcraft, born in 1828. So now I can move forward with my research. I want to see if that Conrad Runyon, as much as I can find out about that Conrad Runyon who was living in Greene County and was a patriot and died there, maybe. Question mm-hmm. my fingers mm-hmm. as a probate. That would be lovely. And then also look for, now that I know that that um, his mother probably did not marry Sappington as a Runyon, but she was probably married before, so I can start you know playing with those different marriage married names to see if there's marriage records there in Greene County or the surrounding counties. I also need to now trace down Conrad Northcraft's the half-siblings line to see if there's any information there. If he lived long enough, he might have a, a, a death record. That, right. You know, that would be lovely if it had parents listed on it, but who knows. And then um, see if there's any other McAllister or any other Northcraft children. So I went from, you know, a bunch of information with no sources to now really being able to jumpstart my research, yeah. break through, and then try and link up these these lines. And now, and your tree on Ancestry will now be the only one of these 200-some trees that will actually have some documents on there yeah. for proof <laughs> for a hot um, second, because the minute you put that up there... <clears throat> It'll, they'll find them and they'll, they'll share. But, you know, that's we're all about sharing. We're all okay. about sharing. Absolutely. Share, share yeah. the information So and double-check the information. So even if the tree is yeah. wrong, if you know that the tree is wrong, there could be some information on there that's correct. This so is true. always check it out and see. This is true. So. And a lot of trees on there do have those little blips of newspaper articles or book <clears throat> clips or something that clearly was mm-hmm. typed up and printed and right. then they put that up there and you're like okay well where where, did, it come where from? did you get it from and I don't ever hesitate to send a message like hey where'd you get this from yeah. and they never know right, <laughs> right. exactly, 10, exactly. Yes. they don't, they know, don't where know where they got it from yeah. Yeah. so it's it's a struggle but yeah. um, but and you know sometimes I'll do I'll put some stuff you know I'll put I, a, a name in there just to see what comes up you know yeah. because sometimes you know that's 
the beauty about using a product like Ancestry is that it will hit those, give you those hints, yeah. you know, and sometimes they're not right, but sometimes, you know. You I try to, on my tree, um, when it's somebody I'm working on, but I know it's a brick wall or mm-hmm. I don't know if things are, you know how you can put the little tags? Um, yeah. I think we talked about that in yeah. one of our podcast episodes. Um, I always try to put brick wall ongoing research nothing conclusive you know whatever i can put up there so people are when they look at that they can see instantly oh this is not a resolved Mm -hmm. person don't judge um don't judge people because again like we're all we're all working we're all working and we're throwing some stuff up there to see you know if we can make it work yeah and if not then we take it down yeah but it is helpful that if you if you are going to post a document up there just try to say something about the source. Mm-hmm. Found this in a file at home. Have right. no idea where it came from. Right. You know, that's even that's helpful to be right. like, okay, I get right. it. We've all got that. You <laughs> or know, copied it from somebody else's tree. <laughs> no idea where they came, where they got it from. <laughs> all right. Bye. So until next time, cheers. cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.